Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, also writer over at BourbonStreetShots.com, coming to you on this Thursday game day in New Orleans against the Atlanta Hawks. Team the Pelicans killed a couple, about, what, two months ago, back in November, I think, maybe early early December, I forget the exact date. Uh, but they were up by a lot, one by 20, or were winning at one point by like 20 plus. Uh, Atlanta never really had a chance. It was nice to see. That was kind of when you saw, hey, maybe the Pelicans could be good. They have their moments offensively. Uh, so definitely a nice thing. Chance for the rematch tonight, the final game for their series. It's always nice to beat an Atlanta team, isn't it? Maybe get some revenge for uh, past Sunday. Let's finish the comeback here. Um, so it, we'll, we'll cover that game, and I'll give you guys a bit of a preview of it in the second half of the podcast. Uh, first part of the podcast, I have a guest on today. His name is J.M. Pallard. Uh, he writes for BasketballReference.com. He has an article on Anthony Davis' defense out right now. Uh, I'll put a link out to it, but you can search it all if you go to bballbreakdown.com. No dashes, just bballbreakdown.com. Uh, you can find his work on there. Great article. Goes into a lot of the the kind of nitty-gritty on Anthony Davis. He's. It's not that Davis is a bad defender. It's that he could be better than what he already is. And the Pelicans are much better with him on the court than off. I think it's about three possessions uh, better, or three points better with Davis on the court than off the court. So they're giving up more when he's not playing with the team. Uh, but what could he do to to separate himself? And when you look at Anthony Davis, you don't want him just to be a very good defender, an okay defender. You're measuring him against the guys who the comparisons were when he came into the league of Tim Duncan, of Kevin Garnett, and some of the better players in the league currently. So looking at him through that lens and that perspective, uh, Jam's got a lot of insight uh, that'll really kind of make you watch his game a little bit differently maybe tonight when he plays the Hawks and how he's going to be uh, used defensively and how he defends himself. Don't forget, you can find Locked On Pelicans on iTunes, on Audio Boom, uh, on Stitcher, any podcast app you use. Coming to you five days a week, 6 a.m. is when it comes up. I tweet the links out throughout the day, so don't forget to follow me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. The podcast also has a Twitter handle. It's at Locked On Pels. There's even a Facebook page you can like and follow to see uh, whatever's going on on there. Don't forget to tweet me your questions. I answer them here on the show. Always fun to do that. We'll do a mailbag one soon. Uh, so if you ever have a question, tweet it at me. Tweet it at the site account. It'll get answered. I promise you guys that much. Uh, and I try and lead you guys in the right directions on what I think here and share what information I can. Uh, so it's always a fun thing. Don't forget about the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. There's no network like this giving you this kind of content on a daily basis, giving your teams that you really love and follow and care about a very mu- a bigger in-depth look. 
uh, you know, the Saints season is over, but don't forget, they've got a lot going on right now. Is Sean Payton still going to be the head coach? Who are they targeting in the draft in free agency? Locked on Saints, five days a week coming to you. And what's really cool, the other podcast I just started to listen to, I just added it to my Stitcher list uh, about a week ago. There is a daily uh, locked on NFL draft podcast breaking down prospects in each episode, saying where they might go in the draft, who might be looking at them. No one else is doing anything like that. It is awesome. You want to start prepping for the draft, know a little bit more about the college football players coming into it. That is the thing to listen to. So make sure you're subscribed uh, to the Locked On NFL Draft. It's awesome. Those guys do wonderful, wonderful work. Last one I want to mention is, of course, going to be the Locked On NBA podcast. Get a national overview of the league as a whole. They bring on anonymous coaches, scouts, giving you different looks at teams that you can't get anywhere else. It's only a one day a week podcast, so it's easy to listen to, catch uh, when it comes out. So make sure you're subscribed to that as well. And joining me here on Locked On Pelicans, it's J.M. Pallard of bballbreakdown.com. He had an article up a day or two ago about Anthony Davis, his defense uh, titled Anthony Davis Defense Rests. And it's a great article talking about uh, how this guy does on defense. Everyone knows what he looks like on offense, tremendous player, but a lot of people don't watch the nuances on defense. And JM, uh, thanks for joining me today because you definitely nailed a lot of it in that article. Yes, yes, thanks. Happy to be here. Phenomenal talent. Um, I love watching him play, and anyone who's ever actually paid attention to Anthony Davis has seen like the marked improvement on offense. Unfortunately, no, not so much on defense and there are a couple of reasons for that and when I um, did the research on the article one of the things I figured you know it might be maybe like coaching staff it might be like confusing defensive principles and as I went back like two years before when Monty Williams was the head coach I realized well you know what it's pretty much the same thing that's been happening consistently granted he's a fairly young player who's been, you know, asked to concentrate a lot on offense because for the most part, let's not kid ourselves, he carries the offense. So, you know, he could be better on defense. There are things he can do to improve, but I'm not necessarily 100% worried because of his youth. Yeah, it's there's he's still such a young player. Everyone forgets, you know, he's, what, 23, and it's, it's insane to right. think about because he's been in the league for a little while now. Uh, before, so you mentioned something I was going to ask you, but I want to kind of jump to it now. I was I forget where I read it and then I know a few people echoed it a lot of people said you know maybe it's so hard to be such a dominant and great defensive player when you're putting forth the effort on the offensive end uh, that Davis is doing like you said just carrying this team there's not a lot of offensive talent or just talent in general I guess around it is you know is that something you think contributes to it so obviously in terms of the workload that he has that's certainly uh one of the factors, but some of it also is, I guess, you know, like it's the court awareness, right? So yes, you have to put in a, a whole bunch of effort, you know, to the offense, but just like showing out on a screen sometimes, or just walling off the paint and then getting back to your man, like small details like that, that don't necessarily require a whole bunch of effort could actually make the difference between say like winning 30 games in one season, as opposed to like maybe winning 42 or 43 and being a playoff contender, right? It's just the fact that Sometimes teammates will expect you to be there, and because you're not, well, the, the defense ultimately ends up hurting because of it. And, and just so we're clear, it's not like Anthony Davis is a horrible defender. That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about, like, next gen, right, the, like the next evolution where we're talking about someone who we think one day will end up in the Hall of Fame as opposed to knowing he's going to be there for sure. 
Like, like you see the difference? So it just um, is uh, it, basically it's not saying he's a bad defender. The Pelicans are uh, better defensively when he's on the court than off the court. But it doesn't mean he's not – it couldn't be a better defender than he is right now. Yeah, exactly. Like when you look at like just the numbers, and it obviously this depends on where you get the numbers in terms of the analytics and what have you. But in some places they have him and the Pelicans being an elite defense with him on the floor, right? So that tells you that, obviously, because of his physical gifts and also certain things that he can actually do on the court, whereas, like, rebound his area, block shots, things like that, or even just boxing out, right? Things like that make a really huge deal in terms of affecting the Pelicans' defense. Like, for instance, if you look at the game against uh, on Monday against the Cavaliers, right, the defensive showing was really good. Like, when I, I paid attention a lot to Anthony Davis, and he was able to – block out Tristan Thompson, who's perhaps the best offensive rebounder in the league, and he was able to consistently make his rotations, right? And whether it's contesting a shot, forcing a miss, you name it, he was there every single trip. Where things get complicated is when he ends up with a floor spacer. So I'm not sure if you watched the game, but like, so he didn't have to guard Kevin Love during that game, right? But when you match him up with a floor spacer, that's when he usually gets lost the most often. He's always caught in no man's land where he's like, do I go help? Do I not go help? And ultimately, he ends up surrendering like easy baskets because of his inactivity, because he, he just got stuck in between. Yeah, and this is kind of what the Pelicans were trying to avoid. Uh, they talked about it last year when they brought in Alvin Gentry and then uh, Darren Ehrman, who's known as a defensive coach. They were saying under Monty Williams are about 15 defensive calls. Here they've simplified it down to between three and five to kind of make, have him right. be able to make those decisions. Like you said, it's an indecisiveness thing, uh, and he doesn't know what yeah. to do. And when you simplify it, it still hasn't you know, it, it, he is better than he was a few years ago, but still leaves a lot of room to grow. I, one of the things I've seen with it is just it's a lack of court awareness. He he often will miss a backdoor cutter along the baseline. Right. Uh, things he could easily take away. Is that what you saw as well? Absolutely. So, and it's kind of harsh to do it this way, but if we're going to project him to be potentially like the the league record that we all expect him to be, you have to look at Anthony Davis more so from the perspective of like, say like either a Mark Gasol or a Draymond Green, right? Where the lapses are very small in terms of missing, you know, like fairly easy reads, like, so like a backdoor court or just a guy like cutting down the lane that you feel to pick up and like just showing, putting a hand on him, bumping him and then getting back to your guy. Just small details like that make a huge difference. And so that's, essentially what I would like to see for him. Now, when I say that, I would like to see, like, in terms of his next evolution, like, when you think of, and in the article, I spoke about Kevin Garnett, right? There's, like, this famous story of Kevin Garnett just watching tape after tape after tape of Rashid Wallace defending a pick and roll, right? And Garnett can't get it through his head how, how it is that Rashid is so good at it and, in his eyes, the best in the league. And so he had to work and work and work and work at it to get there. When you look at Draymond Green... A little bit less, well, not a little bit, like a whole lot less was expected from him. So he got to probably focus more on defense. And when you look at him now, right, he's a, like a very impressive defensive player, but also less has been asked of him offensively. So he's been able to take more time to develop on offense, whereas on defense, you see like the calls that he makes, like the reads, like it's always quick, right, in terms of whether it's a switch, whether it's, showing out on the plate and then getting back to his man or just like if for instance Steph Curry gets stuck on a mismatch he'll come voluntarily and just take Steph Curry's place and then throw him elsewhere you know like to go pick up a quote-unquote lesser player 
those are the things that I would like to see from Anthony Davis. Unfortunately, he's not there yet. But when you think of him with Draymond Green, Green is a little bit older, but in terms of their time during, in the league, it's about the same. So that tells me that Davis could get there, and his offensive improvement certainly signifies that on defense, if the same work was put in there, he could get there. It's just that that's not necessarily being asked of him just yet. But like as you said, in terms of the defensive calls, yes, he simplified it, but he needs to like work on the small stuff and make sure that those things don't happen. Yeah, and like you said, we've seen him put in the work on the offensive end to expand his game and to be this well-rounded, you know, just dominant player. And, you know, yep. maybe it's this offseason's the time to do it. And the Pelicans really shifted their focus this past year to defense, trying to play, they, they keep calling it a blue-collar style, signing, you know, maybe role players that aren't great offensively, like Solomon Hill and others, uh, who they right. wanted to come in and play defense. And so you touched on communication in the article, and that's something they mentioned a lot and still gets mentioned a lot, and it's something they're not very good at in terms of talking on defense. And it's just in any sport, if you talk on defense, you're going to be better. Uh, and it seems like the Pelicans struggle, so it's not all on um, Davis, but you think as the leader, right. he's the one that definitely needs to be anchoring this, calling it all out for the rest of the guys to kind of work around him. I totally do, and the unfortunate thing about that is because the roster isn't necessarily ideal, you kind of have to wonder if the parts that are there are going to be there, let's say, like three or four years from now. And because we don't necessarily know that, the onus has to be mostly on him to make sure that he understands the defense perfectly so that if ever they bring in new players, he'll be able to have their back or show them what it is that has to be done and stuff like that. But on the flip side, and even in the article I pointed it out, some of the defensive players on the team aren't necessarily great defensive players. So just in terms of the communication, sometimes there are breakdowns there. And I was thinking about it, like when you look at Golden State, right? The, the Warriors, so they started competing for postseason bursts like consistently once their defense caught up with their offense. And one of the biggest moves they made that was kind of a like under the radar move at the time was signing Andre Iguodala because he he fixed a lot of the issues they had on defense because he was a veteran, been there, done that. He was an elite individual defender, but also a really great team defender. And when you watch them play, you'll notice the synergy defensively. It, it had started before he got there, but once he got there, like it really became like a lockdown defense in terms of are we switching, are we showing, are, um, are we going to hedge or double, stuff like that. And I think that I'm not necessarily saying that they have to get Andre Iguodala, but potentially signing someone, you know, who's like a defensive culture changer, to help him, that might actually help him improve going forward. It's a little bit like when you think of when Garnett went to Boston and stuff like that, where like the entire makeup of the team changes just because you add that one piece. And now, ideally, you'd want Davis to be that piece, but if he's not there yet because of his youth, maybe you expedite the process by helping someone, by helping him basically get there with a, a potential game changer. Yeah, I think that was what they looked at in Solomon Hill, but I think it's just Solomon Hill isn't a game changer like you just said you know he especially offensively where he struggles tremendously right. you've got you need guys who can kind of do both sides of the ball and especially on the wing that's harder to find than not find it's not like those guys uh girl on trees with it uh so final thing i want yeah. to ask you this is it wasn't talked about in the article but you, you know your stuff so i really want to get your take on this i haven't always been as excited about davis kind of playing in a small ball lineup uh, and they, the Pelicans yeah. kind of tried to fix this a little bit by signing Mati Yunus uh, yesterday. But 
in the small ball lineup, he he doesn't do a good well in terms of individual defending of bigger centers in the league. Like Deion, you know, when they played the Clippers, what a week and a yeah. half ago, yeah. DeAndre Jordan grabbed twenty two rebounds and like seven offensive over him. Uh, is that something you think he has a chance to work on, or is it? It's just kind of leads to a weird. Uh, roster construction because yeah he's a great five on offense but you got to play on the other side of the ball and if you have him playing there it can really hurt there's a reason Anderson would guard centers when he was here why Terrence Jones is guarding centers at times it's just because Davis doesn't seem like he can't uh, do it all the time yeah totally agree um, in his case he has I don't want to necessarily say he has a strength problem but a lot of the centers in the NBA, unfortunately, for him, are very strong. And they tend to also be veterans, right? So they get away with, like, some of those, like, uh, I don't want to necessarily call them dirty moves, but, you know, those veteran tricks when sometimes, like, when you look at the game against the Clippers, right, there were times where Davis tried to go and help, and DeAndre found a way to just, like, lock arms with him or, like, grab his jersey, slowly so the ref wouldn't see it, so he couldn't actually go and help because he was being held by someone who was so much stronger that he couldn't break free from it. He's going to have to bulk up, but not necessarily bulk up to the point where he can't move, right, or like where it slows him down. Yeah, he just, just kills offensive game. Develop. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's going to have to develop both lower body and upper body strength enough to the point where, like, when you think of, like, someone, say, like Tim Duncan, right, where he was pretty much immovable for other players and yet wasn't necessarily that strong when you look at him, right? Like, like from top to bottom, he wasn't the guy, like, who was super bulky, but he could get away with playing center because he had the core strength to, to be able to do so. I would like to see maybe if that would be something that he could work on. Maybe not necessarily this offseason, but as he gets a little bit older, more like you know around the 27, 28 as he hits his prime, I'm not sure that he's there yet because putting on that weight might end up basically hurting him, you know, his game on offense and slowing him down. So I'm not sure if maybe like because Davis has also faced injuries, not necessarily a whole bunch, but he has faced injuries during the course of his career. So I'm not sure if putting on the, the weight would be beneficial to him. So from that perspective, you know, jury's still out, but he, he does need to develop some upper body strength and core strength also to be able to manage that so that when he does go up against centers, he's not getting pushed around and pretty much centers are having their way with him because, yeah, especially offensive centers. Like if you say, take like someone like DeMarcus Cousins, he would basically be able to back him down pretty much with ease and get him underneath the basket to score. So, yes, he does need to, to get a little stronger. Yeah, it puts the Pelicans in a weird spot with how, how do you want to use him. I think that's been one of the long-term roster construction problems with yeah. this and probably just general ineptitude in the front office as well. Yeah, um, yes, yes. <laughs> but but Jim, thanks for joining me today. Uh, everyone, definitely go check out the article. I'll, I'll tweet it out from the podcast uh, Twitter and from my personal Twitter. So thanks for coming on. Uh, Jim, let everyone know how they can follow you on Twitter. Sure, absolutely. And by the way, thank you for having me on. So on Twitter, um, it's Shine Ivy, so S-H-Y-N-E-I-V. So it's Shine 4 in, room, in uh, Roman numerals, essentially. Awesome. So everyone, give them a follow. Thanks for coming on. We, we'll, we'll definitely bring you back on. This was good. I really enjoyed this. Oh, awesome. I'd be happy to, to be on. I'll keep a, a bigger eye on so to speak, on the, on the Pelicans. So they, they, they're not getting uh, more on TV like in New Orleans, so anyone else watching is only going to be a good thing, really. It's also game day here in New Orleans in the Smoothie King Center. The Pelicans will be taking on the Atlanta Hawks, a team they beat pretty badly earlier in the year. Always, It was a good thing. You know, it was kind of surprising. They um, Pelicans won 112-94. to It was back in late November, a little bit before Thanksgiving, um, where they just, in Atlanta, took it to them. 
this is going to be a bit different. Atlanta's uh, not been as good uh, since then. Further losses. It's kind of they started the season really strong. Hit that Pelicans game. I'm going to call it the turning point. And it played uh, much worse since then. So it's going to be interesting to see which Atlanta team shows up. You also know they probably want to get some, uh, you know, a little bit of revenge here after that loss at home. It's it's a weird matchup for the Pelicans, though, at times, too, because they have some very good players. But they're also some you're not too worried about and you're okay if those guys beat you. I'm talking about, you know, Dennis Schrader, especially their starting point guard. If he beats you by himself, it's fine. He's going to try and do a lot. And since he's been trying to do more for him, they've started to lose a little bit. So it's not a guy you trust exactly a ton. Um, he's young, though. He's still figuring it out. If you want, if he wants to shoot threes, let him shoot threes. The Pelicans' new signing, Donatus Monayunas, might get into this game as well uh, to handle Dwight Howard. You know, I've said it, Davis struggles a little bit defending those bigger centers in the league. Monty Eunice is seven foot bigger than Davis, bulkier, might be able to handle that a little bit more. Uh, this will be a good matchup if the Pel- for the Pels' small ball lineup. It's been working so far this year, though. Uh, they can switch onto Paul Millsap like crazy. Kyle Korver should be able to stay covered. Bazemore, Cephalosha, all those guys they have on the wings. Tim Hardaway as well. Um, the only big one inside is. Uh, Dwight Howard, so when he's out there, you might see Monty Eunice come in a little bit earlier than uh, you would expect otherwise, or maybe Terrence Jones, uh, at least to start the game, if they want to put their trust in him just to shy Davis away from Howard. Uh, but we'll see if it works. The Pelicans have a chance to win this, uh, get this one at home, and then they've got five on the road against Eastern Conference teams, so they definitely need to win. So that's going to be it for Lockdown Pelicans. Thanks to my guest, J.M. Pallard, for coming on, talking to Anthony Davis and his defense. Hopefully the Pelicans can get this win tonight. They definitely need it. Keep this, uh, start a new winning streak after losing to the Cavaliers. Uh, should be a fun one in the Smoothie King Center. I'll be there. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow, recapping the game, talking about what happened, who played well, who didn't. Uh, it should be a fun one. At least they got some good players on Atlanta. It's fun to always watch nice guys in the league. So thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget the podcast music, the intro music, the outro music I play here uh, was gladly given to me uh, by a local indie band called uh, Vox and the Hound. You can find them on Twitter. It's at Vox and the Hound. Uh, they got a show coming up uh, in, in February. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. I'll tell you guys more about that as we get a little bit closer to it. So thank you all for listening today and I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17